What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Channel, B1. Today, we are here, or you are here, on the Biker Bar, episode two. And so, those of you guys that are new to the Biker Bar or haven't heard me running my mouth about it for the last month or two, this is just going to be like an interview series, casual conversations. Um, we'll probably be keeping an eye on the chat, but more than likely not responding to them. So just so you guys know, um, this is going to be just a little in, informal, kind of loosely loosely put together interview between me and tonight's guest is actually Alex from the Single Track Sampler. What's going on, dude? How you doing, man? <laughs> that That's it, man. How you doing? Yeah, Yo, dude, I think, so I, I was just thinking, sorry, as I was saying that, I was thinking about, I think our audio is out of sync. I'm, I'm seeing your mouth move and I'm seeing, I'm hearing words fly, but uh, not at the same time. So yeah, if I Are miss you, something to say, I think. to YouTube and not to the Hangouts? Am I what? Possibly listening to YouTube and not the Hangouts. No, no, I'm just in the Hangouts. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's all right. I hear everything you say, so we're good. Just, just the, the video is off. Sli yeah, it is, but slightly. It just caught up, so it, like that time was pretty good. All right, perfect. See, it's not a bunch yeah. of laughs. It starts out being a shit show, so I'm glad that we started that out fucking right on point. Very good. <laughs> so Maybe we can start it out a little bit better, man. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I just got comfortable. Thanks a lot for that. Dude, I need burnt calories. Look at me. <laughs> so what are you uh, drinking that was actually the first question i was going to ask you what, what what kind of what kind of beer you got twisted over there i've got an interesting one but I, as i was telling robert before we got started it's not cold and you know well i don't know that's okay apparently you can taste it better right all the ingredients in it but i will tell you it's freaking delicious it's called the great return this is from uh, uh some people from the channel actually it's a west coast style ipa uh out of uh, Richmond, Virginia. Nice. Are you uh, are you always yeah, a person? Or? Nah, not always. I, I my beer drinking is like totally dependent on my mood. You know, if I if I had like a, a big delicious meal and I uh, am gonna have a beer after that, I might want some. I might go for like a stout reporter. You know, feel like a little bit of dessert. But we rode earlier and uh, we got back and we've been working on the van so. A refreshing IPA is probably the the choice for, yeah, after working hard, probably yeah, most of the time. I, I'm totally with you on that as well. I think for me, the beer always goes with what you're doing or maybe the, the mood or something like that. Like yeah. IPAs are probably like my go-to, like I just want to drink beer and enjoy it. But yeah, as my channel knows, I drink a lot of Coors Light. That's like my doing anything around the, the house kind of beer. Um, I like the stout. Yeah. Usually only in the winter, though. Like for some reason, that beer like cold is weather good. is really good for stouts. I give you that. Yeah, I, I like that. That's true. I and just, I, 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 I think I would rock the Coors Light if I was like rafting, if yeah. I was on a river or tubing, tubing yeah. on a river or something. You know, it like if I'm going to eat Mexican food, I'm drinking a Negro Modelo. You know, you just gotta right. you gotta change it up. There's a beer for every every occasion. Do they do micheladas at the at the Mexican restaurants where you where you? Oh live? yeah, oh yeah. That's what I get every time I go to a fucking uh, Mexican restaurant for sure. They're pretty good. I actually had one that was real messed up. I didn't like it. I don't know what you can do to fuck that up, but like it it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's this place that 
So, so I actually had never really liked tomato, tomatoes really generally at all, unless it was like pizza sauce or spaghetti or something like that. And when I started seeing uh -huh. my baby, um, she, she was drinking those, those chiladas that were from Bud Light. And the first time I had it, we were skiing and I was like, oh, I hate freaking tomato juice, but I'll taste it. And then the next time we were skiing, I was like, well, aren't we going to have that one again? And then it, it kind of grew from there. And once yeah. I had a real michelada from a Mexican restaurant, it like totally changed my, like my perception. And so recently, um, if you watch my channel, Sealock is one of the guys on there. I took him to this Mexican restaurant and he's only had the, the yellow chiladas out of the can. And I was like, I'm telling okay, you. Okay. Oh yeah. Nah. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, dude, this is going to fuck you up forever because now that chilada <laughs> will taste like shit. So <laughs> yeah, no, that stuff is terrible. I can't get, I can't ever get behind a, um, I cannot get behind bloody Mary's. That's like the, the, I love to, and I love tomatoes. I can't yeah. do a bloody Mary. I just can't. I hate it. So after I went through that progression with the chilada, I actually stepped into the bloody Mary market. And, uh, I think when with me, like almost anything, like my channel, all my life, I always like go in hundred percent and I was like bloody Mary all mm -hmm. the time. And then, uh, now I yeah. find myself, like backing off of, from them again. There's like one or two places. Well, dude, like there's such there's such a big spectrum of like, you know, like it, there are so many different ways to make a Bloody Mary and everyone's got their own spin on it. So there's like some really, really, really bad ones. And then there's like unreal good ones. I've yeah. never had the unreal good ones. I've definitely had like pretty damn bad. So well, I, would imagine I think that doesn't help. Anytime you're going to come out here to the West Coast in your, your band travels and in that spot, if you make it up to Sacramento, Either we could go to breakfast together and I could take you to my place that I have my favorite one at. Or, uh, <laughs> or uh, maybe all the what. best ones are at the breakfast joints. We all know that, though. Yeah. yeah. There's there's definitely this place. And they have like the, like like they have like kind of like the stuff that's in the Bloody Mary, like little cut up stuff. But it's like really, really fine. So it's kind of like when you take a sip, you got this like little things that you're nibbling on. I don't okay. know. Yeah, I actually, okay, so the only time I've actually had a Bloody Mary is when I was hungry, and and I just, I just wanted a lot of olives, so I'd just get, I'd be like, let me get a Bloody Mary with a lot of olives. The olives with the well, I just got it for the olives. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I don't, I'm too cheap to get something to eat at this moment, so I'm just going to get a, get a twofer, you know, right. like get a little, get add to the buzz and get like some food in my stomach. <laughs> I'm like... You know, if it's, if you just substitute ice for olives, I'll be happy. Yeah. When I used to live in Germany, um, if you ask for ice in your drink there, they'll give you like two ice cubes. And then when I say ice cubes, I'm not talking about like what you get out of your freezer, like those little squares, you know, that that's come out big. of the machine. They, yeah. If they put three of them in there, they're like, that's good. That's ice. But I would have to order it and I'd tell them like half ice, half soda. And they just look at me like I was a freaking idiot because... They don't, they, they yeah. drink most of their stuff warm, their beer, their soda, all that. Right. So, yeah. Anyways. I'm doing it. I'm just doing it the German way. Right. Hot beer. So, Not hot beer. It's like room temp beer. It was in a cooler. So, were you always a, a beer guy like back in college or were you a maybe mixed drink person at one point or? I think I had, you know, the pretty standard um, progression. I actually, I didn't drink until like way later. I didn't, I didn't even like really. I didn't party in, in like high school and stuff. So I didn't start drinking until college because I was so serious in the soccer. 
And when I did start drinking, it was the standard. I was in college, you know, we were drinking Natty Light. And uh, <laughs> I, was in, I was in Dallas, Texas, so it was, uh, I think, Keystone. Yeah, yeah, definitely Keystone. Drink a lot of Keystone. And, you know, there's, you know, beer bongs and stuff. So you, you're not appreciating that beer. There was no – at that time, I think it was like Sam Adams and whatever. Uh, the craft beer scene hadn't quite exploded. This was like 2006. And uh, so I think the first – Actually, I know for a fact, I know what the first craft beer I had was, but so I really didn't have an appreciation for anything beforehand. It was like, whatever I can get my hands on. I'm a, I'm a broke ass college student. Yeah, right? yeah. We can all, we can all relate to that. But when I did, the first beer I had was uh, the dead guy ale. Have you ever had that? Dude, I, I think I have some in my fridge right now. It's a good, it's a really good ale. It's a great, it, I think it's a great launching point. And I think it was like Thanksgiving dinner or something that I had that. And um, I drank that beer, and I was like, "Whoa, this is way better than Keystone." Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so like after that, I, uh, you know, liquor, liquor. I I wasn't yet into like whiskey and and uh, bourbon, which I'm now pretty big into. But I don't I don't drink mixed drinks anymore. I don't drink uh, I don't drink light beer. I'm basically I drink only I drink for the taste. So like when I drink a bourbon or a whiskey, I drink it neat. I don't want to mix it with sugar shit. I don't want to get hungover. Like I'm just trying to taste it. Yeah, I don't. So, I'm, I'm not much of a of a liquor person at all, but I, I totally understand where you're coming from. There, I had a, a similar similar progression through uh, get or getting into good beers. Let's just call it that. But yeah. I think I watched this documentary a long time ago about uh, you know the band Tool. Yeah. So they the the lead singer from that band started a winery. And um, oh, really? the, the documentary was about him starting this winery and, and not just doing it like a, a famous dude put his name on something and go out and do it. Like, like oh, I got a winery. He was like, he like bought a vineyard and went deep. Yeah, yeah. Like out there with a shovel and fucking learning shit, right? And um, that's in cool. the documentary, though, he says, you know, it doesn't matter what your palate is, dude. If your palate is $5 wine from, the, from, from Walmart, or if it's a, a $300 bottle, like it, it's your palate. It's there for you to enjoy. Right. That's okay. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I've never gotten into like the hoity toity, you know, like looking at the price of what. Yeah. I've never been able to afford any, anything expensive. I'm always looking at when it comes to like. Um, Actually, I'll tell you what, it's funny, it's funny because I think that you could probably trace, and I bet you it's the same for a lot of people, dude, like, uh, you still there, you're frozen on my screen, no, you're there. I'm pretty sure my, my uh, like, my path down beer and, like, enjoying alcohol all can be traced to, like, it's all, like, based on economics. It's like, what can you afford? So, right. like, naturally in college, you're getting the dirt cheapest stuff you can like you're drinking keystone beer i drink this vodka once called pop off on a spring break it was in a plastic <laughs> bottle it was russian it was yeah, the yeah. worst i had ch I, all we had was milk my buddy and i were like in miami and we chased it it was terrible but like uh so <laughs> vodka with milk yo it was a bad idea don't ever do that <laughs> especially with a vodka that's called pop off Right, and it, uh, it's in plastic. That's like the first tip. That is terrible. Yeah. Um, but so I didn't even get into beer until later because beer is expensive. If you're looking for like bang for your buck, it's right. never beer. It's always liquor. So 
I actually got into like whiskey and uh, you know, like stuff like Buffalo Trace and uh, and and Rocky and uh, Knob Creek and stuff like that. You know, where you can get good, really good tasting stuff, and and it's like you know, you can get Buffalo Trace, which in my opinion is some of the best whiskey you can get out there for twenty bucks. And uh, you know, a six a six pack of of uh, is going to be like eleven or twelve. Right. So it's like. When I'm on the road and I'm, you know, skimping, just skimming by, like, you got to think about those things. So you mentioned earlier when you were in college and you said you were in Dallas. I thought you graduated yeah. from ISU. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first year I went to SMU. So when I went to college, it was all about soccer. My whole life was about soccer up until the age of uh, 22. And uh, something that stopped you or? Uh no, not really. To be honest, it was it was like a culmination of a lot of things. So I had I, I started getting injuries in college. I, I had surgery on both my knees, and um, it both of those held me back. And I wasn't starting. I wasn't I wasn't where I wanted to be on the team that I was at USF. And then uh, some family stuff, you know, and like needing to go get a job and make money. It's like all these things combined. It was like this is time. It's time for me to uh, step down from this even though i love it and you know get out there get a job make make you know make money and start moving forward with that so yeah so, so uh, man like leatherfoot on my channel his brother is actually in that similar position right now where he's played semi-pro and i think he played in europe for a little bit but he's mm -hmm. running some injuries too and i mean it, it sports in general i mean and not even i mean this the sport that we do still today i mean it's injuries are, are part of the game you know and and it can make yeah. or break, break you on on whether or not you do that sport anymore that's for sure i dislocated my pinky today oh no yeah i saw a little little something going on there i didn't didn't wasn't sure exactly what that was all about yeah you should have seen it earlier it was so jacked up my pinky was just in like like three different very sharp directions and in, in the my knuckle this knuckle was pointing out the bottom here it oh, was no. gnarly yeah. So, so you're, you're going through college and you're playing soccer for whatever reason that, that, that direction changes, right? What was your major in, in college? So I, I, um, I've started, I've always been good at math and science. So I thought when graduating high school, I was like the obvious thing is engineering, you know? So I went to college, started in engineering and, um, and quickly realized that it wasn't i didn't i didn't want to go down that path like you know i also enjoy people so i don't want to be um okay actually to be completely honest i took a chem class and i just totally sucked at it i think somewhere in my high school career someone failed at teaching chemistry and like i didn't get the background i needed so i hit this chem class in college and it was like ah it's really bad. I got the worst score I've ever gotten on a test, like straight up just F, like not even close. And uh, and they handed the test back on parents' weekend. So my oh. mother came to class with me, and then the teacher was like, we're going to hand back the tests. And I had to go get my test, and I had to walk back, and my mother was sitting there, and she was just like. So anyway, I don't know. That I feel like that was a pivotal point. And uh, it was soon after that that I, that I learned. Um, I, I don't know. I just started to get, paying attention to uh finance into the stock market and i was like oh i can i'm like i can take my math prowess and apply it to this and like i was really interested in this and i started learning all about economics and finance so i graduated with finance 
um, with a degree in finance, economics, and mathematics. Okay. Yeah. So I had a, a, a calculus teacher in college. I originally started going to school to um, do like a engineering, like sound engineering, you know, to like record recording artists and stuff like that. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, <clears throat> make a long story short, I changed directions. Um, and uh, so I started doing like like computer science because I, I knew I liked computer. Okay. And so there's a lot of programming and math in that. And I took this calculus class, dude. And my my calculus teacher was like literally like his first week from China was teaching our class. And I did not oh, shit. anything that he was saying. Like every sixth word I would get. And it would be like everybody in the class just look, look, would look at each other, not know what was going on. And then we'd all go from straight from his class to the math lab and spend like hours there. And his way of like doing that class was like, I want to make sure everybody's failing and whoever's failing the least will pass. <laughs> like he, One of those teachers, huh? He gave us a, 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 a take home test. He's like, oh, you guys get this take home test. It was four questions. I was in the math lab with other math teachers for 12 hours trying to finish these four questions. And um, yo, when a teacher gives you a hand, a take home test, you should never be stoked. They are always sandbagging you, dude. That's like 101 undergrad. You know it. Everyone's like, oh my God, the final. Because you read it on the syllabus at the beginning of the, of the semester. You're like, oh my God, the final. It's a take home test. And you're like, yo, this is going to be so easy. No, no, no. no, no They're no. going to give you the worst, the hardest. You're never going to answer these questions completely. And you just like pray that you get a little bit of it. Partial credit is your Before best friend. That class, every class I ever had taken, I had an A in, and that one was yeah. my, first, my first C. And it was like this. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, if if I if I ran into a professor like that, you give them like the three the three class rule. I just like I decided that I could go about classes one of two ways. You could attend each class and like get your time in there, or you could just go read the book because like the book tells you everything you need to know. So yeah. if if I went to class three times and the, the the professor didn't like it wasn't a good class if he was just like putting slides up on the board I'd be like all right I'm not coming to this class ever again and I would just show up for the tests and like for the finals and uh, just go I would go spend my time in the library and read the book you can just be more efficient that way you know yeah, for me I'm a person that learns like like from oh, that story process yeah so for me I never miss the class and okay. I, I could do that and like. Let's just say math is not a good example, but like a lot of other classes where it was like the reading I wouldn't do as long as I was in class, I could key into what they wanted to know. And I could right. kind of like speed read, like glance through pages. Like it'd be a hundred pages. I'd look at it in like five minutes. And um, yeah, for me, like it, it, that, I just had to be there. I tried to take an online class once where it was like all on my own motivation mm. and I, I fucking tanked it. Like within two weeks, I was like, no, I got to drop this. This doesn't work for like me at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so I heard from somebody that you were a guide at a, a bike bike uh, park kind of thing for a while. Yeah, I've done. Um, I did a couple different guiding gigs actually in mountain biking. I br I made my I made like the first foray into the outdoor outdoor industry when I worked at REI. And that's what I did. So I worked in finance right after school, obviously, with my degree. And um, it didn't take me very long to realize I didn't want to do that. So I first, I like moved, 
out of Florida into Atlanta where the mountains were only like two hours away. And there were mountain bike trails, you know, that was the key. And I went and got a job at REI. And then after a couple of years at REI and knowing and, and uh, getting to know people and getting plugged into the mountain bike world and, uh, you know, doing mountain bike trips, getting just infinitely more stoked on it. I went to Pisgah, you know, so it's like that just opens the gates. Um, I went and got a job at Mulberry Gap and I worked at, so Mulberry Gap is a uh, mountain bike getaway in North Georgia. Yeah. And it's, it's family run. It's, it's just a, uh, it's an awesome low key spot. You just go, you stay in these cabins, they prepare all your meals for you. You go out and ride your ass off during the day and then you just come back and you've got like, they sell beer. They've got it in the general store. You got food before they got showers and like, it's a cool spot. And the riding is really rad too. So I worked there and I did, I did some private guiding there, not very much, but uh -huh. after after that, I went and worked at this place called the uh, the Nanahale Outdoor Center in uh, in Bryson, North Carolina, and uh, it was really funny because I had no no shop experience, and I wanted to learn. I had this desire to learn more about how to work on bikes, so I wanted to get a bike shop job, and um, and I applied to this place and I got the job, and it was, to my knowledge, an established place where there was like a set there was a set team and they at this shop, they had a set thing and like, I could go and learn from an experienced person. That was my goal at least. But, um, so I packed up everything I owned and moved into the car and moved up there without knowing anything. All, all they said was like, you got a job. So I showed up there and it turns out the entire bike shop had quit and gone and opened their own store in, right. in the city. Yeah. And in, in, in the nearby city. And now you're the head tech. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I told you guys straight up in my resume and I told you on the phone, like I have no experience. I'm looking to learn. And, uh, and they were like, yo, you're the bike shop, not only the shop manager, but they, they did tours and guiding with, with, uh, summer camps. Like a lot of schools would come through here. You're talking like 40 kids. And you're taking them out and like putting these kids on bikes and assessing them and taking them down single track and stuff. And, uh, and all of a sudden I showed up and I was the head mountain bike guy, not even like just, just like I do everything, but then there were two high school kids who were also, uh, like I had people working under me. Like I had to direct these guys. We're basically coming there to do, do the job that you were thinking you were going to do. Yeah. And Except, <laughs> except I had nothing to teach. Right, right. <laughs> wow. So, so, yeah, yeah, I got, you know, thrown in with the sharks. And um, and one of the guys, one of the high school kids, he's actually a buddy of mine, Dave, uh, his name is David. He He's a BMXer. So he actually already knew more than I did about working on bikes. Right. Uh, so I was, it was much, it was, it was pretty fortunate that I had him to delegate things to. But uh, yeah, I learned a lot that summer and I used a lot of YouTube yeah. to do it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's there's something to be said about um, learning under under fire like that, you know, and, and I think yeah. certain, oh for sure, there's a certain kind of person that will take that and embrace it, and there's other people that would just like pack their shit and said, you know what, that's not that's actually not what I enrolled for. So it tells me a lot about yeah. your that you that you stuck with. Don't, I don't get me wrong, I started by asking for a raise. 
Yeah. And uh, <laughs> That's I was like, a good idea. You can't go to school. <laughs> I was like, yo, I thought I was, I thought this was my job, but you're telling me this is my job. Um, but yeah, then we did it and we made, we made do and we had a great time. Did you get the race? Yeah. Yeah. Right on, dude. See, you all you gotta do is ask, right? So apparently, there gotta, was, yeah, the worst they're gonna say is no. There was some kind of switch there though, from the soccer to the finance job to all of a sudden doing this mountain biking thing. So was mountain oh, biking yeah. always a part of your life or after soccer, you nah. just kind of fell into it or what? So funny story, actually part of my really, part of the injury that um, hurt my soccer career. I See, when I injured my knees and had and um, had surgery on both of them, I never got my confidence back ever. I, uh, it was just like, I don't know what happened. I think it was a combination of the injuries and the recovery and the length of them. Cause the first one that I did was a meniscus injury and, uh, so cartilage on my knee and that took, um, I don't know. That didn't take as long. It took, it took a whole season though. The next one was an ACL tear with meniscus. So I just jacked up my whole knee and that was over a year recovery. And so that combined with like how incredibly i was playing division one top like top 10 teams in the country and right. the, com the competitiveness and like and the uh um the coaches it's just like everything is so hard and then balancing that with school it's just it's really difficult being an athlete in, in college so all those things combined i was never able to really get my mojo back but the funny thing is is that the second injury the acl injury was mountain biking I, I was, I was, that was like one of my first forays into mountain biking while I was playing soccer and I oh, tore my ACL. That's crazy. So yeah, I, I'm connecting some dots and I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not connecting them correctly. So I want to ask you this was this, um, history of injury and possibly stopping your career, what really played into there was a there was a lull there was a down point when when you hurt yourself on your channel mm -hmm. and, and was that oh yeah same thing like oh fuck here it is it's happening to me again something that i'm i'm loving and i'm living my dream and it's fucking falling apart <laughs> yeah no it's so the mindset was way different i think but like uh i have a i just i guess i'm injury prone man like yeah. I think that I, I just I'm I'm really active, so I don't think there's any getting away. I don't think there's like the very rare person, like freaking Seth. You know, never he's BMX his whole life. He's only broken a bone just this year. Yeah. He says he yeah. probably had broken bones and just not knowing it. I think, but I don't know. But you know, I definitely have had my fair share of injuries, so the whole recovery process is no is not new, and and I've I think that you can get better at it. Um, so the, the ACL was really, really hard. It was like an insane long recovery, but I also was super determined. I mean, I came back strong in the, like the fitness sense. I was never able to regain my, uh, ment I was never able to recover mentally. And that's a, that's a tough thing. Cause I was a goalkeeper. Uh, so, and that's like a really big mental game. You gotta be, cause you like, you don't do anything for 87 minutes. And then you have to make like a game saving, a game changing play at the at the at the very end of a soccer yeah, game. So the whole, the whole team's rested on you at that point. My daughter plays softball, and most yeah. of her, her 
time she's been a catcher and it's that same thing you know where it's like you know there, there's some heat on you whenever that time comes yeah for sure but when i did when i did my shoulder it was i i guess it was it was actually like thinking back to it i was like no way no way this happened right now like i've got this thing going it just started rolling i was at like twenty five thousand subs right when i did that and yeah. i had just met up with brian and seth again in arkansas and then i dislocated my shoulder and so it's, it's hard not to get into a self-defeating just circle of shit at that point. And, and, and at one point, it definitely got the best of me, as you as you mentioned. Like I, I had to take two weeks off from making videos at all. And I and it was hard to convince myself that that was okay to do because yeah. you know how it is. It's like if you're not posting a video, all all you're thinking is like everyone's going to be like, where is he? Where, you, where are you? Like you didn't post a video. What's wrong? What's going on? Like, you know. There's so. a lot of to that part of YouTube that you don't really think about in your your process of starting a channel. That yeah. and I think at the end of the day, I think that the the creators we do it to ourselves, you know. Um, oh, for sure. But it's self inflicted. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. And I think that we actually do it to each other, like as far as the other creators, like we we all like inflict that self infliction onto each other, and all the subscribers really don't give a fuck. You know? Yeah, I mean, but it's, yeah, I guess it's like, it sounds obvious when we talk about it out loud because everyone's on a schedule. Everyone uploads consistently every single week. So if you are the lone duck out that doesn't upload that week, then it's going to be like, yeah, what happened? Where's this guy? Everyone else did, you yeah. know? So there's, think, there's the pressure. Yeah, and you definitely, you start, you know, you start eating in, in your own, own head at that point, you know? Yeah. So, um, moving along here, so you're you're doing this this bike bike game in a couple of different places. Somehow or another, that's all on the East Coast. You you show up in Colorado. How, how the fuck that happened? Okay, so that's an easy one. I in 2016, it's 2016 or 2015. Um, one of those years, one of my friends here in North Carolina. So. One of the best things about getting these jobs in the outdoor industry is that I met all these people in the outdoor industry. Best thing to do. You get plugged into this culture that you didn't, that when you live in a city and you have a nine to five, you're not part of. There's this whole other subculture happening of these people working seasonal jobs that do all these kind of like uh, outside the box activities. You got people that do kayaking, people that do slack line. Like people that do mountain biking, people that um, rock climb. So all these like peripheral activities, you get plugged into all these guys. So I, I got that and I met all these people that I loved. And I was like, wow, you, you these are my people, all these people. Where What have I been doing before this? So anyway, that really benefited because um, after like the second season of working at NOC, one of my friends had, who was a kayaker, his name is Ty. He lives here in Asheville and is now one of my best friends definitely part of my like Asheville family. He got a, uh, he applied to, for a trip down the Grand Canyon. You have to apply for a permit to go on the Grand Canyon and only 365 people get chosen a year. Only one person, one group per day. So this so, is the, the, the trip that you made the video of? This is the trip. This is why it's so special to me because it's that trip that got me off, that got me to take the leap of faith to traveling west where I knew nothing and I knew nobody. Yeah, that's funny because that video for me was a leap of faith. 
And I told you this in the comments, you're probably Oh, right. for sure. When I saw that video post, at that time, all I was, I, I was, I was still not, I think, considered a creator. And even as myself was more of a subscriber than a creator at that point. I mean, my channel had been going on for a while, but I still like watched a lot of content. And now I'm really in a spot where, where I, it's like a struggle to like see the videos that other guys in, in our creator space are like, hey, did you see, you know, Alex's video? I'm like, oh yeah. shit, let's see that real quick. You know, and, and, yeah. and so like at that point though, I was just watching mountain bike videos and that was it. There was, was there anything else on YouTube? No, you know, and, <laughs> and that came Tell up me. like, I don't want to fucking see a video about rafting. But I like this yeah. guy. I really like this guy's personality. I mean, honestly, that was like the main reason that I enjoyed watching your channel. It really has nothing to do with your biking style or anything. It's you. I'm enrolled in you. And um, I watched that video. Because I suck. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, dude. If you suck, I'm fucking blind. <laughs> so, anyways, I watched that video, dude, and it was like, oh my god. They're, th this is fucking awesome. Like the story and the emotion you could see in you and like how important it was and how beautiful it was. All of a sudden I was like, maybe there's other channels on YouTube. You know, like, <laughs> like there's something else out there other than cat videos and mountain bike videos. You know, so. Holy shit. You're right. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So that basically that trip ended up then to you moving to Colorado. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I bought this one piece of equipment. So they like, it's actually insanely serendipitous because I showed up at this one, this festival at, at the NOC and um, it's at, in October. Oh my God, I have actually never thought about it this far back. It's insane, actually, the events. Okay, I went to Georgia. I drove up from Florida because I was down visiting family, I drove back up to do a freelance tutoring gig at a private school. And um, it was a two-week gig. I stayed with my buddy Josh in Atlanta. And while I was there, we we were riding like every day. It was awesome. And that was where I, that was like, I can trace learning how to jump back to this two weeks. We went to a pump track and learned. Um, and at the end of the two weeks, it was like the last ride, we went and rode at rope mill this place in atlanta and on the way home i i was following him through some back roads in atlanta because atlanta has the worst laid out roads it's ridiculous <laughs> uh, there's there's no such thing as grids there are they're just curving roads and they're and they almost and there's like 10 of them that are named the same thing it's yeah. insane i've been there, I, and, I know what you're talking about it's it, stupid it, it's ridiculous dude so anyway i just followed him i was on i was on autopilot and um i got a call from a client from this uh like really well-to-do family whose daughter i was gonna start tutoring and um tutor, huh? yeah so <laughs> i got to throw some i was, I was friend, dude. <laughs> it was it, we, we were tutoring via via uh skype so oh yeah so on the internet, internet tutoring some rich chick okay i get that, it <laughs> yeah, that makes it that makes it more kosher right. um but we uh, I, so i was like a little bit nervous of it but so i put like a lot of focus into the conversation and anyway next thing i knew i had crashed my bike which is on the roof rack of sheila into an overpass or a uh 
a fucking covered bridge, actually. Like, who has covered bridges in their neighborhood? Right. I, I just was like, oh, my God. I had to hang up on this lady. I was, like, in tears because I just cracked. It was a carbon Cannondale. It was, like, my real legit first mountain bike. Which or, like, one? first. It was the Jekyll. A Jekyll. Oh, the Jekyll. So, after they brought it back out then. No, nah, dude. This was a while ago. This was, like, back in. The I mean, this was, this was one of the earlier ones. Because I remember they had the Jekyll until like 2004 or something like that. And I think. Okay, it was after that. Yeah, and that was all aluminum then. I think carbon kind of came out after that. They re released it again. And then that's whenever I, they had the carbon one. That was probably when it was. I got yeah. it on deal at REI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I cracked it there. And all right, I got to fast forward. So I cracked it there. And because that. Then I had no bike and I was like, oh my God, I have no bike. I got to get a bike. So I called the NOC up. This is where I used to work the, the year previously because you can pro deal if you work there. I called him up. I was like, I was just straight up with my boss. He was a good dude. I was just like, yo, I just broke my bike. I need a new bike. I can't afford a bike. <laughs> can, I, can I come help you with this? There's this like festival in October uh, that is always like really high traffic and they always need help. I said, yo, can I come help you? Because I know that if I work there for three days or for whatever, for the festival, then I'll be able to pro deal a bike. This is what you do when you work in the industry and you're poor yeah. as hell. You yeah, can't totally. buy it. You can't pay full price for anything. Right. If, if I couldn't do that, I couldn't have a bike. So anyway, luckily he said, yes, that's how I got there. That's how I got my bike. That's how I got the Enduro. And while I was there, I was hanging out with my friend Ty. Someone dropped out of that Grand Canyon trip. I hung out with him the night that they dropped out. So he invited me on it. And like, that's how I ended up on that trip. And when I committed to that, I committed to driving all the way out there with, I committed to driving all the way out there with all of our equipment because it's a self-supported trip. And right. I was like, fuck it. If I'm going out there, I'm, I'm making sure I can fit everything in Sheila and I'm staying. This is it. So that's, it. that's how it happened. That's crazy. So um, I saw some of so, so that's how you end up in Colorado. Somewhere along that line, you start making YouTube videos. I saw some of your original videos. I don't know if they're still on your channel or not, but you definitely weren't. Oh, yeah. I haven't taken anything down. Yeah. So, so you definitely weren't Alex single track sampler when you started. So when you, you first went on YouTube. What do you mean? Like, I mean, like, like they were like short. They were like, you know, like a two minute little clip of you just like, you know, rolling over some rock or something like that, right? Yeah. So there's a couple of the first ones. One is from the night that I learned how to jump at this pump track. So I have a couple clips of that. And then one is from a, uh, a local spot. These are all in Atlanta where I uh -huh. learned to mountain bike. And um, I remember one is like, it's actually a secret trail. So I can't say where it is, but it was like a, 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 a a, a drop and i'm right. like manual down it i dropped i jumped it and like and i crashed and hurt my shoulder but so yeah I, yeah and i apologize if maybe you were mistaken where i was going but i think what i was getting at was if you're looking at those videos i feel like when i watch them the guy that uploaded those didn't have a goal to be a, a, a youtube -er, right nah, like it was just a nah, guy that, i never had a goal to be a youtuber right you, you had you had you wanted to put some videos up right yeah yeah. So, so like what was the I probably I probably thought I probably thought at the time that I was a pretty good mountain biker. <laughs> <laughs> the intent was the intent was like like 
initially, hey, actually, I could maybe make a channel and like have followers, or was the intent like, I just want to put my video up so I can like send a link to my buddy and he can see it? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't ever think I was gonna make a YouTube channel. It, the first intent was just like to share. It was like, uh, I love this shit. You know, I'm really into this mountain bike thing. All of a sudden, no one that I knew. I grew up in Florida. Not a single soul that I know mountain bikes. Right. So, and then I started mountain biking. I was like, Yo, you guys ever? You guys should try this. Like this. This is so much fun. You know. So. Yeah. Did you not ride like BMX or bike much when you were a kid? It was just all soccer for you when you were young. Literally, soccer is the only thing I did. Soccer yeah. in school, my whole life up until twenty two. Kind of like 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 uh, Seth's is like where I grew up riding BMX and and that's all we did every day. We got off of school, we'd go ride BMX, and as we got older, it was like we got off of school, smoked pot, and then rode BMX, and then it was like got a little bit older, and then it was like okay, now I'm doing this mountain bike thing with these older yeah. guys. Like my mom started dating this guy, and this is in the early '90s, and he was a mountain biker, which was odd. How the fuck did she find him? And like, so I would ride with these old dudes that were like my age now, 35, uh -huh. 40 years old. But then during the week, all I rode was BMX with all my buddies. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I never rode a BMX ever. At what of the the guy that's just trying to share your videos? Were you like? I'm kind of digging this subscribers or like, how did that evolution happen from, Hey, I'm just putting this drop up here to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually wanting to not maybe do it as a business, but do it as a, something a little bit more than what you were doing before. Um, it was definitely in Salida. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't say just how ridiculous the coincidence is because the only I'm trying to trace back the whole thought. So the, this whole, the whole thought process, the whole idea started way back, all the way back when I worked at Mulberry Gap, the very first mountain bike job that I had. Right. They, my job there was, well, a little ambiguous to be honest, but I, I wanted to help them grow. And with that, I had this idea. I was just like, I, was, I wasn't plugged in. Like I was purposely not plugged into social media. And, um, but I did know that I was on pink bike. So I knew about making videos for trails. So I had this, I was like, yo, I, I would lived in Atlanta all these years. I had never heard of this place. And I got up there and I was like, the riding is amazing. You know what we need to do is like, we need to make some videos of us riding these trails and put them on the internet for people to see because then they'll come. Right. So it started all the way back there and it was for this place that I worked, it was for Mulberry Gap. This was the idea. I went out and did it. I went out and made these videos myself, actually, with just a chest, a chest cam and a uh, and a GoPro that wasn't even mine. And um, they never got public. Like the, the rock music playing, like jamming in the back. No, I was narrating the whole thing because I knew these trails like the back of my hand because I was riding them every single day of the week while working there. I'd wake up at like five a.m. and I'd go ride this whole loop. I knew everything. That he needs to like pat you on the back for his success. He obviously was watching your channel and was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yo, and this was before that was before Seth was ever making videos. That's what those videos at. never saw the light of day. You should get yeah. <laughs> those, but those videos, those <laughs> videos never saw the light of day. I made those videos for for them, so oh, I couldn't use them, on. and and 
So when I left that job, I gave them the, the hard drive, I gave them the videos, and those the videos have never been seen. But those were my first videos I ever made. And they were narrated that like I talked about the whole thing, like how to do it if you visit it, like all the yeah. So how anyway. You get that footage, dude. <laughs> I think it was probably pretty good. I was riding a bike that wasn't mine. I had broken my Cannondale and I was on a, a loner hardtail. And um, I was riding, you know, I was riding as hard as I could because I knew I was filming myself. Right. But there's definitely yeah, so I mean the, the camera the camera ups the game, that's for sure, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so later on, I, I, that, that never left my mind, that idea, that thought, I just didn't know it was actually, uh, possible. And at the same time, you know, I've, I live on the road and I, and I work online remotely. So I'm always thinking like, I'm always thinking, I'm like, this is the ideal life for me. Able to go wherever I want, able to support myself, not gonna have to, uh, not going to be so fucked if if I break a bone that I have to stop everything, like, you know, be in a spot where, like, I can weather a storm, um, but be – have all this freedom that I want. And then I was just like, all right, how do I get there? And I'm, like, way over here. And so I'm always thinking about ideas like, wait, how do I connect these dots? And, you know, for the longest time it was tutoring, and then I would supplement that with bike shop gigs and stuff like that. But I'm, I was always thinking, how do I make this work better? How can, because it can get better. I, I know it can be better than this. This is working for now, but like the table, the, it's always turning. So, so a, I, um, a second ago, you said, you know, how do I not break a bone and be fucked? But now you're in a, in a business where it's really dependent upon your, your riding. And you had that injury it is. with your shoulder. Did that injury actually help you get over that and realize that? Maybe your channel, like you, you can you can do other things if you're injured. I was still teaching at that time, so I, I wasn't full time YouTube at that time. But I mean now, um, I mean like if tomorrow, you know, knock on wood, didn't happen. But like if tomorrow, you like fell down. Almost and like, did it today. Right, that's a finger, dude. <laughs> Yo, but, you could have seen it. if it was broken and it looked the way it did, that was like multiple surgeries. Yeah. So, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, so did that injury with your shoulder, like open your eyes to like, once you kind of like went through that process, did it open your eyes to, you uh -huh. know, what? I do a video like this and 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 make it through my recovery and talk about that. And, and actually it doesn't matter. That, vi uh, that, that experience. So there was a really pivotal video that I made where I sat down in front of the camera and I was like, I was insanely depressed. And it was when I wasn't, it was like when I came back from making videos, I was down and out. I was like, I don't want to sit in front of a camera. I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling so, I didn't feel like myself. I, you know, I talked, I said it in the video. But I did it. I sat down in this garage and and um, I sat down in front of the camera and I made a video where I just spoke to the camera that had no writing. I was still fucked up. And that that specific video changed my perception of everything because the response to it was unreal. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was gonna get shit on. I was just like, I don't give a fuck. I just need to do me 
And if people don't like it, they can just go to a different channel. And that was what I kept telling myself and up to the point where I had published. And then I put that video up there and there was just this in, in just amazing output. Like it was me talking to the camera for like eight minutes and people started commenting and sharing stories. And they're like, bro, we got your back. Like we're here. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're not riding, keep making videos. Like I want to know how this all goes for you. And, and it was the most uplifting, most uh, inspiring response I've ever had from a video. And it changed my perception of everything because it went from being about the riding to being about like the whole journey. Yeah. I remember when you posted that and I remember like, I don't remember if I like sent you a message or something like that before that, but I remember telling you like, come on, dude, like it's cool. You I, and, I and actually feel guilty to this day because there was such an outpouring of that. And I was in such a dark place that I didn't respond to a single, I didn't respond to anything. I responded to not a single message, not a single email or a comment on that entire video. And then it kept, it, it just got, it's like one of those things that got too deep that I couldn't start. Yeah. So I didn't respond to a single person on that. And like, it, it's still like, I still feel I, terrible. About that. Like, I it's just bad. When, like at the end of the day, like people realize that you're a human and that like, yeah, you have your own things to go, go through. And I'll tell you when I saw that video, I was actually really happy for you because I, I kind of like felt like, this is gonna help him come out of it. This is gonna help him realize like, it's not about like going out and shredding. And if you're not shredding, you're fucking dead. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It felt like, like that's like, like you and your mind from the third party, like when I was looking at it was, like you really felt like you needed to like bring it for people to be able to like keep growing your channel. And it's really like, I think once that happened, you realize that people were there for you and not for your writing. Yeah, exactly. They were there. Everyone, everyone made that abundantly clear that it's like, yeah, Yo, you're not even that great of a rider. <laughs> we just, we're just here. We're here to be on this journey with you because it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool one, and we dig it. You know, you're doing something that not all of us are uh, able to do or not doing currently. So, uh, keep, go, go, keep doing it. Right. So, yeah. With that in mind. Um, all of us have demons that, that fucking get at us. And like, for me, like when it comes to riding, like I'm afraid of heights, like I'm really afraid of heights. And honestly, I, I used to ride a, a lot like you, like, like really not fucking concerned about getting injured at all. And I had a, a, a what are you trying to say, huh? A great, yeah, you, you ride, you like you just said earlier when you said to me, oh, I guess I'm <laughs> I don't necessarily think you're. Yeah. I think you're you're prone to try a little bit outside of your your comfort zone, and that may or may not. Yeah, I like the ride on the edge, right? So, like for me, yeah. like I rode like that always because I had complete confidence in myself, and I knew that like I, I for years and years, like Seth, I, ne I actually still haven't broken a bone. Like uh, it would always. You be haven't like, broken a bone? No, I haven't. You know. So it's like always like, I mean, like some ribs, I guess that counts, but I mean, like Those are pretty nothing that I had a cast on. So I, I never rode with any kind of fear of that because I always had like this, like this, like bullshit friggin' idea that like I knew how to bail well, you know, and, and, and I was always riding within control. And even if I was out of control, I was still riding the cusp of control. And when I, I right. 
fucked up my shoulder. I had a, a, a grade three AC separation and that took me off my bike for a while. And it uh -huh. really changed me now. Even like when I get back into my zone, I'm still thinking, don't get injured, don't get injured. And the one thing that that happened with that was when that accident happened, it wasn't I fucked up. My bike failed. My fork, I had a lefty. Uh, at the, time. the top of the fork blew off and my headset dropped uh, my tire and just sent me and like instantly uh, like uh, onto the ground like a sack of shit. And it, that was the very first time in my riding for all my life. I've been riding bikes that I realized that, oh, shit, it's not all about me. There's actually a possibility that like my gear can fail. And that's what can cause right. me, you know. So, so that now has now I have a demon from that, you know. I have the demon of that's uh, that's that's okay. a very valid. I like I get I get your mentality on that because I think about my equipment too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I never did. So, so like I have a demon. I'm afraid of heights. I can't get around that. That's just like God was like, "Fuck you, bitch." You know, <laughs> like and uh, and, <laughs> and uh. It's funny because somebody else said to me, they're like, oh, man, I'm afraid of snakes, dude. That, that sucks, dude. I wish I was afraid of heights. And I was like, look, dude, I ran into a snake like once every five years. I run into heights like every other ride. I wish I was afraid of snakes. <laughs> you know? But um, so, yeah. so I have these demons. And I think that, that the thing about YouTube, to wrap this up, because I know you have your, your stream coming up, is like. I don't, know. Um, I don't know. I haven't even decided if I'm actually getting a stream still. I, okay. I'm, I'm, just keep going. Well, I'll, I'll keep right. thinking about it. So, so, so to me, this is the thing. We, we, we have now. Now you fuck me up, man. No, we, I know we, you had a good train of thought going. It's, a, it's all right. We, we have the, these, these demons that kind of like, kind of like get in into your head, right? And so uh -huh. it's like, what is the one? What is it that for you now, like where you're at in your life, that you're going down the trail, and that's the one that's fucking you up on your ride? What demon messes me up on the ride? Yeah. We all have it, you know, whether it's like, yeah, oh, for sure drop or, oh, it's, I'm afraid my fork's going to fail or, oh, it's, I'm not in good enough shape to ride with these guys because they're pros or is it, you know, um, I, I, it, I can't do this because it's going to look dumb on my video. I'm going to lose subscribers. Like there has to be something that like, cause we all have our fears, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm just trying to figure out which fear to say because there's so many. Yeah. Well, start with anyone. What's the first one that comes to your mind? Um, damn. Okay, so I could definitely point to like something that – and I don't think about it a ton, but something that definitely affects my riding is my fear is, is exactly what you said. It's the gear. But it's not about getting injured. It's about how do I replace this. Yeah. This is a, this is something I thought I, I thought about every ride for years. It's like living on the road. I was living so tight, so tight, like um, so tight financially that you know there's just no room for any uh, repairs, like um, re or 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 something going wrong. Like everything needs to be just right. And um, if you if something were to break. You're just not going to be riding or something like that, you know. Yeah. Like the bike's not, yeah. So, I would definitely think about that pretty frequently, with especially regards to my wheels. I guess I think I, I always think I always worry about just 
Like I'm going a certain speed and just dropping into this rock car. And I'm like, I'm not worried about me. I'm, I'm pretty confident I can keep the bike underneath me and I can ride through this. I'm, I'm like, I'm just a little worried about the bike. I don't want to break anything. I don't, you know, I can't go spend money at a bike shop or it's like go a little slower or don't ride anymore. The component that fears me right now, the actually the only one that, that I get dicey about is I have carbon handlebars. Oh, and dude, I, I'm not going to ride carbon handlebars. And I've seen now, you know, these guys like snap their shit off a couple of times. And in my head, I, I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of fucking ideas in my head that I run with that I never substantiate with the Internet. Imagine that. Have this big plethora of knowledge and I never, never check shit. And so in my head, <laughs> I always thought that if carbon broke, it would like splinter, but like still be stuck together. Does that make sense? Oh, no. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, that doesn't happen. I, I never, never thought that it could just like shear off. Like, like I, I thought it'd it become would a dagger. Yeah, yeah. You know, you see, I think it was <laughs> your video was that was yours where like I got stabbed in the leg, right? That was Brian's video. I was in it. So you, I think you were there though. So like yeah. that, like that, and I've seen now a few other ones where that's happened, and I'm like, that's the one where it's like, look, dude. At the end of the day. I weigh 285 pounds, dude. I'm fucking not a little dude. And I'm still wearing another fucking probably 30 pounds of crap on my back. On the back, yeah. Whatever, you know? So, like, I'm pushing the fucking boundaries of what this shit was engineered for, right? So, whenever I'm going right. through, and yeah, dude, I'm not freaking, I'm not, I'm not sailing some, some fucking rampage jumps or anything like that. But at the end of the day, this sport that we're doing, we're fucking barreling down the hill at whatever speed. It's enough to kill a person, you know. And yeah, we're riding bikes. We're riding bikes down mountains, right? Out in the middle of fucking nowhere, too. That's the other end of it. It's like right. sometimes we're out where it's like, dude, it's gonna take if you had to walk a person out on your shoulders. That's gonna be eight hours. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like, how long is it gonna take if they leave you here and they just ride their ass off? There's still three hours from cell signal. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, yeah, man, absolutely. That that's the only one that really gets to me, and I I honestly don't know. Like the main reason that I don't say I'm not riding carbon handlebars because I feel like that for me is a slippery slope. If I take those fucking bars off, then I'm like I'm letting into that, and then it will just build to something else. You, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, no, fuck it, dude. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this, and if that shit happens to me, it happens to me. I can't I can't let that define me. Just like when my fork failed on my 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 profit, I fixed that fucking thing, and I rode it harder than I did before because I had to not let that define me. You know? Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't give in to the fear. I still don't think I'm gonna ride carbon bars, yeah. but I know what you're saying, and I and yeah, I agree with you. It's like you gotta, you gotta do you. You gotta ride how you're gonna ride, and like, if shit happens, it's gonna happen. But you can't, you can't live being afraid of that and let that dictate what you do or how you ride. You know, like that's unhealthy. Yeah. So as it is now, you've been freaking squatting at Seth's house for how long? A couple months now, right? More than a couple, dude. It's getting bad. I gotta get out of here. So e either you've been like willed into the family or you're starting to plan the, the 
the rest of your life and they're like they're they're gonna be empty nesters again because they're like oh sweet we got rid of our kid you know like so what um yeah what, what is I mean, and you don't have to get specific for me but like when you're sitting down at night looking up at the stars drinking a beer thinking about where this new van build is going to take you what are the places that like make your heart sing salida salida where it all began yeah so what is it that you want to do there just like recapture it again or like tackle some stuff again or rewrite it so just the writing itself i want to go um i just really like it there it was so i mean that's where i started the youtube channel officially in my mind that was where i started actually filming consistently and posting and uh and that's also where i learned a lot about bikes because that job that i got at absolute bikes i learned a lot working under the guys there um so i mean that's one thing second my buddy nate is laid up there really bad right now would love to see yeah. him yeah your buddy that you did the live stream for yep yep he's still he's laid up there and um he's you know going through his recovery i'd like to go see him and uh you know like the mood look high alpine stuff i mean the monarch crest is still one of my favorite things to ride ever so yeah. i'd love love to go just ride it and film it a bunch and there's still a ton of stuff i haven't written there and then on top of that, I mean, I just, I, I love that town. It's got a special place in my heart. I like the people there a lot. I've got a lot of good friends and it's an amazing place to be. So, wow. and it's also surrounded by a lot of places that I want to go. Is some of it you want to go back and see where you stand now compared to where you were when you left? Of, of like my writing wise? Yeah. Nah. Nah. Nah, I, uh, I stopped. Um, when I was there last, I, I had this, that was the last time I ever Strava'd, which I only think I've Strava'd five times, but I got so good at that Cottonwood Trail that I had that to like, The last time I did Strava, man. I did it five times, but I was in deep. <laughs> I was. Well, I was. I, I only did it because I thought I could snipe the KOM from my buddy Nate, the guy who's laid up right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went out thinking, I, I went out with my GoPro and, and gimbal and everything. I had this whole idea. I was going to have this whole series of videos called KOM Hunter or something like that. Yeah. I go and snipe KOMs from people. So how far off? Way harder. Um, that night, I ended up trashing my derailleur because I was going irresponsibly fast. Like I wasn't. I was just trying to go fast. I wasn't riding well. Right. Later, I took it, but without Strava. No, I did Strava it. If you didn't have I only took I only took what happened, dude. I took one segment. I took one segment and then I was like top three. I was third and this other. And then this this guy named Justin Bieber had first place on everything. Oh no. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, if it didn't happen on the internet, it didn't happen, dude. So I hate Strava. I won't do it again. I'm I only I, I never had any want or need to try Strava. Um until one of my friends actually explained it to me a little differently because I just thought it was a bunch of roadies like trying to freaking like beat other each other's times and and honestly like I used to be a lot faster on the DH stuff than I am now and people used to always ask me like why why don't you race and I, yeah. I would just tell people like honestly I don't fucking care about winning something against a bunch of people I don't know the only people but that comparing I against yourself 
yeah, it is the only people I want to beat is myself and my buddies. You know what I mean? I just want to beat my buddy that always kicks my ass up the hill, you know, so I can beat him down yeah. and I'll be like, fuck you. You know, like, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Faster than me, but you ain't descending faster than me, you know, or something like that. So, like, for I'm me, it, where it counts. Right. And, and then on the other end of it, it's like, why the fuck would I pay somebody to do this when it's free? Like, I'm a cheap ass, dude. Like, <laughs> no, dude, I feel you on that, though. I feel you on that. That's why I don't race. It's like, pay, I'm going to pay $150 to go race this trail I always ride. Right. And then you're going to get just to compete against someone else and get wrecked. Right. And then you get a t-shirt. You never Why? <laughs> you're like, yeah. What? This Fine is about bad. that. So, yeah, uh, dude, let's see here. Um, so Salida anywhere else that like, I, I was really expecting you to tell me like, like you had some, you idea of like going to like alaska or something just like road tripping crazy like i'm gonna drive down to fucking bond do something you know like I, I feel like there is an adventure buried in the back of your mind that you haven't fucking pulled out yet i'd really like to go down into south america for the winters yeah i don't i don't think i would do it alone i would have to take i would have to have like one of my best buds in the band with me because it's just like so. I don't know anything. I don't. I'd have to brush up on my Spanish, but well, I love. I love to drive down to South I, America. I, I thought or Central that, America. Yeah, no, I've totally thought about that too. I have this like adventure spirit to me, and unfortunately, my life hasn't really been able to provide me that opportunity. But like, uh -huh. I, I totally thought about that, and it it gets shady as fuck. Once you're getting down into Central America, especially as a white dude that maybe doesn't speak English or uh, Spanish very well. In a van yeah. with like $10,000 in bikes. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, oh, looks like it's beer break. You need a beer? Did it. Got it. Good. That was pretty quick, dude. I'm going, got this high speed, I'm going with the get bent. Got this high speed park tool over here. Just, uh, Right here, and then it drops the, the bottle cap right into the water bottle. Aren't you fancy? Right. I would with this guy. Would you? Would you? What are you sipping on? Look at this art, this dude. Oh, nice. I'm just keep grabbing the same thing. I'm a creature habit. Even though I, I have love Lagunitas. I have a bunch of bunch of beer in the fridge there, but this is what's got my taste right. If now. I were you, though, I'd be reaching. I'd be reaching for the Maximus. The Maximus. Yeah, the log is massive. is freaking, dude. That's gnarly, man. That's like ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. So. You tell me these I've drank on it, <laughs> dude. I'd be like fucking blabbering. <laughs> <laughs> so he's saying it'd be a real fun live stream, right? <laughs> so, so as you're thinking about going down to South America, what are the spots that kind yeah. of like turn up in your head? Well, so the, I only actually have one spot. It's the uh, Oaxaca. Oax, it's like Oaxaca, it's, but I think it's Placa or something like that. It's, there's a really big enduro race there in the winter. Or like it's actually in the shoulder season, but I don't know enough. If, if I really wanted to, if I got all the way down, I'd love to go back to Chile. I've, 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 been, I've been to Patagonia once in my life, and I'd love to get back there. So... Being there in a van would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, 
but I, I, I think there's some other places like up north in north, you know, in Canada that I, I haven't even been in Canada, but a couple times, and I've definitely not gone mountain biking in Canada. So there's so much to explore, and I don't have the van. Got the whole continent. I've never been to Canada. I've seen Canada. I drove to Niagara Falls with my kids because we were um, in the area for something, and uh, we 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 stood on we saw Canada on the other side of the river, but we never never set foot on it. Um, what was I going to say? It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, what, I, what I've seen, like, the, the guys that are um, YouTubing up there in the PNW yeah. area of, of uh, Canada, it's just fucking beautiful. I always, yeah. I used to be a big skier. I was, a, that was the thing, like, I waited all summer for it to be skiing season again. And, oh, my God. And now I am, um, like, I don't even ski because the weather out here in California is, like, really good. We had, a, like, probably one of the best snow seasons like two years ago and I didn't even go once that year and, and it's because it was the same year I started my channel so I was like every weekend I was oh, like really? I need to ride bike I need to fucking make a video like that's yeah you know and so yeah uh, and, and, and the thing with California is like you can be riding your bike down in the desert or you could be up skiing uh you know yeah. in the mountains but you could do it the same I, I've actually had days where I've skied in the morning and then been on my buddy's boat wakes wakeboarding in in the afternoon you know it's like that's the same crazy thing. you know yeah it's, that's nuts it's definitely a trip where you're like okay it's snowing here and here i'm wearing shorts and i just did that in my car and the i'm a big history person so like maybe that area that i drove through like people resorted to cannibalism because they couldn't get out of there for months you know and, <laughs> yeah. and here i am like Skiing and then riding a boat the next, like a couple hours later, you know. It's a good life, man. California, that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, we. I feel like California, um, and I, I'm an East Coaster originally, so I'm not from here. So I feel like I can have a unbiased opinion, even though I live here. I, I feel where like from a- uh, Pennsylvania is where I'm from originally. York, like the peppermint. Oh, shit. Yeah. Back east, I um, actually went to high school in in Florida for a little bit and Georgia. (laughs) And uh, no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I went to a private school, a private Catholic school in in Jacksonville, Florida for a little bit. Fucking failed my ass off at that and then was in Camden County in Georgia and then uh, moved back to Pennsylvania and then ended up in California. But, um, anyways, what I was, I forgot what I was saying. I don't know what the fuck I was going to say. Was your dad in the army? No, no. I, I just have a fucked up family, dude. Like uh, that typical freaking kid of our generation that just uh-huh. parents didn't stay together. And um, I went to live with an aunt and uncle and um, just kind of yep. bounced around, you know. And I think that the um, challenges of my youth is really what drove me to who I am. Like, that's why I have the sense of humor that I have. That's why I, um, that's why I'm really easy. It's easy for me to talk to people. I moved so many times. Like I I remember counting once and and it was like, by the time I was in fourth grade, I lived in like 25 houses, you know, like, Holy shit, you know, it, it was like my mom would get kicked out of every place that we lived in within six months because like she couldn't pay the rent, the lease would be up or whatever. And it'd be like, Oh, we're moving again. You know? And so I had to really learn how to, how to communicate, you know, like, and, and my brother on the Big other hand 
is exactly uh, the opposite of me. He like withdrew. And for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to take this. I'm going to make it mine. You know, it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be yeah. like, I'm, I, I, I like that. I love meeting new people. And I think that's part of why the YouTube channel just is so appealing to me is because it's like a vessel for what I really enjoy. Like I enjoy meeting all right. these people. I enjoy conversating with them. I enjoy learning about them. Like I am like a fucking Facebook stalker with everybody that follows me on Instagram. You know, like I can, <laughs> I'm on their profile. I'm like looking through their pictures. Oh, they like to fish. Oh, ooh, that's a good one. I like comment on people's shit. And like, it's just, to me, I, I love people. I love like understanding how they think or what drives them. And I think that's part of why I love entertaining them, you know? Yeah, for sure, dude. I, I mean, I, I like the same thing. I like people a lot. I didn't know it for a long time, but definitely like people. I had people extremely interesting. I, I had people for a long time, you know, telling me to, to start a YouTube channel. And I would always be like, dude, fucking cat videos on YouTube. I don't know fucking cat videos, you know? And like, it, it really took me to like start breaking shit around my house. And because I could watch on, because like I told you earlier, like I'm an auditory kind of like visual learner. Uh -huh. Like uh -huh. I, I, I can't buy a book that like a home improvement book and learn how to do something. But I can watch somebody and be like, oh, okay, cool. That's like when I learned how to play guitar, that's the same way. You know, so it's right. like like for me, I needed that. And when whenever I started breaking shit, that's what like, oh, wow, there's other stuff out here. This is actually like a really good resource, you know? Really good community. Yeah. And that's yeah. the other thing. That's the that number one reason people go to YouTube is to learn something first. And then they realize there's a whole community out there of like-minded people, and that's why they stay. I always tell people whenever they're talking about starting a, you know, because doing a channel, you have a lot of people tell you about how they're going to start a channel, correct? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So a lot of people tell me that. And, and in that, you know, I'm always like mountain biking will bring them to your channel, but they stay there for you. You know, right. that community, that's, Yep. That's the only thing that makes this worth value is that community. That's why I'm doing yeah. the things that I'm doing, you know? I agree. I mean, I think it's, if it was only about the riding, then everyone would be on Pink Bike. But right. everyone's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So what is um, one of the things, well, actually, no. Back before, before, before I change yours again. So Do you have a list of questions right there? Huh? I do. You have a list of questions right there? Yeah. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you had one list of questions right there in front of you. But I only <laughs> five minutes before you freaking got on. So I do not plan very far in advance. <laughs> but, but you I did. You did. Have, you planned a little bit. Yeah. I, I just, I am a procrastinator and I only work well under stress. So that's why I always wait to do things. At least that's I, how I. I we recognize each other. Yes. Us fellow procrastinators and last minuteers. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I, you were talking about going to Patagonia and you were talking about um, being down, down South America. And uh -huh. I, I didn't know whether or not you had traveled out of the country. So, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you is yep. have you been out of the country and out of the places that you traveled, regardless of mountain biking, what was your favorite place that you've gone? 
Um, man, I was I was actually really lucky. My my family we took family vacations, and we got I was just fortunate. You know, we got I got taken as a kid to pretty some pretty amazing places. Uh, I like Banff, Canada. Blew my socks off. That place was nuts. So That's pretty. That's where the freaking um, the ride starts. Uh, the ride in Dubai. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so. So, are see. your parents? Are, are, do, do you? I don't know if you want to get in. Like, are what, what do your parents do for a living? Uh, my dad. So I was raised by my. I'm. I'm kind of like you. My. I was born in California. Parents split. Went with my mother all the way over to Florida. That's where I grew up. So I was actually born in California. Oh yeah. Funny enough. Yeah. Where? Uh, but I, that's gonna be a Jeopardy oh, question. San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. Boom. Five, yeah, and I've lived. Five. I've lived there for uh, for a year. Later on, I lived there for a year. Like um, I never went back and visited until until after college, and then I lived there for a year at at one point. Yeah. So so, so uh, you've but, done a lot of traveling. So your mom, mom, I assume, remarried and whomever she was yes. with, guys, you guys did a lot of traveling. I mean, not a lot, but we, we, you know, my, okay. So my dad was a doctor. He didn't have a ton of time, but when he did have time, you know, once a year, we, we'd take a trip and, um, you know, Dude, so I remember you, Banff, Canada. Let me tell you, huh? that's a lot of traveling for a guy like where I grew up or my, like, like if I left the city I lived in, that was fucking amazing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it was ins I mean, insanely. It, our family was insanely fortunate to be doing trips abroad. Like that's right. crazy, you know. Like for sure. So you went to Banff, and uh, yeah, I went to Banff. Some of the, the three that I remember are Banff, Italy. Went to Rome once, and went to. Uh, actually, I think those are the only times. I think it was just those. It wasn't every year. So it doesn't matter. Either way, you guys traveled. Yeah, it was those. Those are, those are the two that stuck in my mind. Those were the times I went out of the country as a kid. But later on, I went out of the country by myself. I studied abroad in Spain. Oh, cool! And um, that was pretty cool. And uh, um, I did a full. Uh, I did a summer. Uh huh. So this was this was after I stopped soccer and I worked and I saved up enough money that I could afford doing that. I was like, I only get to be a senior in college once. Freaking going to Malaga, Spain. And uh, yeah, so, and I spoke, you know, decent Spanish, decent enough Spanish. And, but I spoke, I spoke the universal language of soccer, most importantly. Oh, yeah. That was one of the main reasons that I joined the military. All my life, I wanted to go Travel. to Germany because my last name is Schumacher. So obviously, that's a German last name. And I always wanted to go to Germany. And, um, that, that was part of why I joined the military was so that I could live there. And, um, yeah, I think living abroad really, um, gives you a perspective regardless of if it's a first world or a third world country, it really gives you a different perspective on the planet, you know, and, and, um, you definitely have, um, a, a perspective of, for me at least really recognizing what you have here in America. Yeah, or yeah. What you're the place that yeah. the place that I the place that made the biggest impact on me was Patagonia, and that was that would probably ring true the most there. When I went to 
South America, um, it was with a, um, it was, it was with our bound. Have you ever heard of them? That program? Like it's like a, it's like a, a leadership program. Uh, I think it gets, I think it gets labeled as like a leadership program for troubled youth. Uh-huh. Uh, it was, it was, it was when I, it was between my freshman and sophomore year of, of college. I took time off of college and I went and I did a semester of this uh-huh. and the, the culmination of that is that we went to South America to Patagonia and we mountain, I went mountaineering. So I was like high Alpine for a month and we lived out there. We had learned how to, we had learned self, self, uh, we had learned how to take care of ourselves, how to navigate, how to, you know, cook, how to camp, how to manage the weather and the culminate like for the, for the month before. And then this whole month we flew down to Chile and we, um, we summited three volcanoes that were in a row. There's three, like a line of them. So we had summit one and then, you know, hike a mountaineer across the other. So, um, I have like two different things I want to ask you at the same time. Focus, Rob. Um, was this sense of like adventure and travel like something that you just kind of came up with on your own, or was that you know was your 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 stepfather or your mother like um, just an adventurous person, and and that kind of like grew into you that way? How, how did you come to be the vagabond that you are? <laughs> it kind of it kind of started with that trip, and it was all my it was all my uh, dad's idea. He I don't know where it came from. It was like out of left field because you know he's a doctor in a city, and uh, we I was struggling in college because I had just had I had I had had the first injury on my knee, and it was it it was basically took me out of soccer basically you know so, and then I was struggling with my identity because all I ever knew was being a soccer player. And, uh, so, you know, once I no longer had soccer, it's like, what do I do? I started partying quite a bit and all of a sudden my grades were dropping and I was there on an academic scholarship, not an athletic scholarship. And so my parents saw, you know, they, you see the report card and they're like, yo, what's going on? And like, obviously you're not, you don't give a shit right now. So why would, why would you pay to go to college or spend time? So my dad came to me with this idea. He's like, you're obviously burnt out. You've gone hard. I went hard all through college, or high school. I, you know, I was like really, really big into getting good grades and you know all the extracurriculars and stuff. Uh, and he and he proposed this idea to me that I had never heard of, and uh, it was this hour bound thing. And and um, I don't even know the context of what like how he knew about it. I just remember this conversation that I had with him out out on a like a deck on like outside of the city that we lived in and in Florida. And, uh, and I looked up the website and then I found like the toughest, I didn't know anything about any of this shit, but there was like some, some, like some people went and did sailing. Some people went and did like, there was like, it's always centric around something. I just went and picked like, I was like, this one looks ridiculously hard. This looks insane. It's like, you're going mountaineering in Chile by the end of it. It's like, I'm going to do that one. I don't know anything about any of this shit. Right. And, uh, but yeah, and, and that was like doing that was the launching point to everything of my outdoor love and vagabonds. Like I met people that thought a different way. I met people that didn't live within the, the, 
you know, societal norms that I'd grown up with. These people had, they, they treated people differently. They spoke to people that had a different opinions to them respectfully. Yeah. They, uh, they had, oh, oh, we like, we had this open line of communication with the people that we traveled with. It was like, all of a sudden I, I realized like, what I know isn't the only thing. Yeah. And it blew my world and I only, I just wanted to keep learning more. And that was like the mission from that on. Yeah, I think that um, that like is similar to what I was saying. You know, there's a perspective that you get about leaving the country, and um, it definitely <clears throat> will shape you. And and I think that that's what's really key about seeing other cultures is you know learning what they're doing, what what you think they're doing well, and and maybe what they're not, and being able to learn from that and be able to take that home with you, and it really just changes who you are and for me like yeah as i was talking earlier about just loving to meet people for me like experiencing another culture is just it's just so fun to me like i'm not normally like an adventurous eater like i'm pretty much like the very first thing i order at a restaurant is the same thing i'll order there for the rest of my fucking life you know but, <laughs> oh but, my god that's so terrible dude but but if I go to another country, I will like eat everything. Like it's like it's like kind of like like I hey dude, take that off. Like you're here to experience this culture, and even if you say you don't like cockroaches, if that's what they're serving, fucking eat them. Try you know I mean? like like I feel like that's that that you know that's what I'm that's what I'm wanting by going there. You know. Yeah. And uh, just recently, I had this one. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. I I have this one. I have this one memory that comes to mind, and I think it fits in perfectly with what you're talking about. Uh, when we flew into Chile, we went to the city called Pucón, and uh, every place that we went, we did a service project, right? So we're going to go use this land, and we're going to give back to the community that basically takes care of it. And uh, so before we started off on our month of mountaineering. It was already set up that we were going to help this this newly widowed lady uh, on the countryside. And her name was Maria, and we showed up, and she basically it was like the it was a, such a simple task, but it was just her through the winter. Her husband had died, and she had a small farm, and she had this this hut that she lived in. It was definitely smaller than this garage, like probably less than half of this garage. But there was a slightly bigger hut on the corner of her property, like across the way. And she wanted to move from here to there. So that was our job. We were there to help her. And we spent, like me and the group of uh, 10 people that were with me, we spent a day taking apart her like little barn and because we had to reuse the wood. So like we had to take it apart properly and not just break it and like, we, um, she had like a stove. She just had, you know, very minimal stuff, but we took it and we moved it across the yard that she had like a potato field that had it been, uh, um, taken care of. So we like tilled it and, and picked the potatoes that were good. And, um, so, but that's not, that doesn't matter at all. And that didn't matter to her at all. The, the craziest thing, the thing that I will never forget is that we braked in the middle of the day and we went inside for lunch. She was so stoked. She had prepared it. She, she, or no, sorry, dinner. She had killed one of her chickens. Big deal. Killed a chicken fresh. 
for a meal for all of us, which is like a really big deal because you only have, you know, she only had so many animals, so much livestock. She killed this thing and made this meal for us. And she, uh, and we went in and shared dinner with her and we sat around this table and she made this, uh, she made mate, which is like their, it's, it's, it's kind of like coffee. It's like, it's a tea, but it gets you, you know, they call it mateina. It's like, you drink a lot of this, you get all caffeinated, like mateina, you're all stoked. Yeah. But, uh, so we were supposed to continue working after eating this, but what happened was she just, she didn't really care for us to go back out and keep working. She wanted to hang out with us and just hang out and talk. She was the thing that she got most out of that day was the company. And we, it was like, I ended up drinking, I drank like seven kettles of mate with this, but everyone else like had fallen. You were like, like, I was just like another and another and another. Yo, I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) but I knew she just wanted to keep talking, man. And she had it. I don't think she had someone to talk to for the longest time. And uh, she like teared up when we went to leave to go back to work because she enjoyed the company so much. And she, it's like, it was just such a special thing. It was such an interesting, it was such an awesome moment. And uh, I'll never forget it. I, I guarantee, I know that there's no way she's still alive. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll always remember Maria. So that was, that was Patagonia. So do you, is that your place that you're like, that you yearn to go back to? I'm definitely going to get back there. Yeah. I've never mountain biked there, but that place is like the epitome of wilderness and untouched beauty. It's, uh, I can't even describe the things that I saw there, the sunsets and sunrises and like, it's just I ridiculous. Love, I love Jamaica a lot. And um, it, it's not an epic place in terms of like what you're talking about there, like what Patagonia has to offer in terms of outdoor stuff. But the thing that I love about that place is that the majority of the people have next to nothing. I mean, it's generally speaking, it's third world, you know? And, um, yeah. but those people are fucking happy, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that, yeah, man. Yeah, man. that is infectious, man. When you see somebody with, with, with nothing that is so stoked on life, you're like, I am doing this wrong. It makes me want to sell my house and have a fucking tent and just live on the side of the road there. Like, I fucking love it. And that's what I love about that that country so much. And when I found yeah. out they, they have riding there too, I was just like, oh, dude, I so, so have to ride there. I just, I, I love that's that. That's what it's about. You don't need much. We don't, none of us need much. No. We, but, we, but we definitely need each other. Right. I'll tell you, that's the one thing that I don't do well is be by myself. You know, I just like, that's one of the reasons that I love having my channel. Like when my lady's out of town, like normally that's the reason I get online and, and live stream. It's because I, I cannot stand yeah, yeah. being by myself. It's like, it's, it's torture to me. Like if I was freaking Tom Hanks on Castaway, oh dude, you would have seen fucking fat shit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, yo. Loneliness ain't no joke, man. It's uh, it gets real. It uh, it is it's terrible. That does play into one of the questions on the board over here. 
Oh, so, yeah? What you got scribbled on over the, there? What's the plan for the missus? Because one of your buddies... Yo, everyone wants to know this. One of your buddies... The I, other just did, I just did an AMA on Patreon yesterday, and that's like the top question. One of your buddies was like, did you test this out? And you were like, yeah, I did. By myself. <laughs> <I'm not sure>. <laughs> <laughs> you got no lady right now like what was the like what what, what is the, like the, the the squish rating on this or something like that i can't remember how he said it but it was fucking hilarious it's a but, six uh, inch memory foam mattress what are you gonna do you know it's pretty comfy <laughs> it's not it's not 10 inch but it's pretty good <laughs> hey man we're not fishing i here. did it's two inches. Yo, if it was one, <laughs> if it was one inch thicker, it wouldn't have worked. I almost got an eight inch because I was getting greedy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't have. I don't have a plan for this. Is I'm so. I'm so into. I'm so into what I'm doing right now. It's like I'm just conscious that there's. I have no mental capacity to be a boyfriend. Mm. I would be the worst. It'd be. It'd be impossible. I would. It's like I would just get broken up with for sure. Yeah. So, so there's no point for, for you. Like, would it be like in your mind? Are you thinking like, Oh, maybe down the road, I settle into a city somewhere or would like the dream no. be like, Hey, she's down to get in the van with me and we're going to go to fucking Patagonia. Yeah. So you want to, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, so fire. like when I think, when I think, okay, so yeah, I know you're getting at when I think of a, um, a compatible uh, companion, I'm one of those guys that's like, I'm not traditional, you know, thinking going to have a housewife. She's going to do this. I'm going to do that. We're going to be separate. Nah, I want like a best friend. I want a girl that can go ride. I want a girl that's like down to go travel and live in the van. Exactly. Yeah. I just, I don't see how you do it any other way, to be honest. I just don't get it. I don't I, see how you could have that much juxtaposition and then both just meet in the middle and, uh, and be like, I just did this whole separate set of things and I live this life and I love, I love each one of these things, but like come together. I, I don't know. I don't see that happening. I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from for me as well as like, I want the best friend, you know, like how yeah. you decide to spend the most time of your life with somebody and not have them be the person that you like the most. So like, like, yes, like me and my lady, we have things that we do separately and 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 very well actually you know like definitely like have our own separate lives however we the time that we spend together is really enjoying things that we enjoy together you know what i mean and yeah like, i couldn't imagine i have been in a relationship before that is like separated like what you said and that was you know whenever i was say let's say on the search for who i'm with now that was one of the things that was, right. was key to me was like, I need somebody that has these same core values of wanting to travel or wanting to speak together responsibly. Like you did, you said earlier about like when you were like traveling abroad, like being able mm -hmm. to have an intelligent conversation with somebody who completely disagrees with you, but be able to finish yeah. it and still love each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just think about it pragmatically. I'm like, okay, how do you want to spend, like, forget about everyone else, be super selfish right now and think about how do you want to spend your time in your life? It's like, I want at least a third of my time to be mountain biking, right. <laughs> you know? So like, all right, you get a third mountain biking. Oh, there's already a third of it is sleep. 
and then you know and and then, and then you fill the middle with travel food drink and whatever like all this shit but like okay so if you're doing all these things and you're allocating such big if you're so passionate about something like like mountain biking and youtubing what you do in your business and uh and, and living in a van and traveling where where the fuck does someone come in that has a completely different taste for things <laughs> where do you have time for like that's like a completely blacked out spot you can't fill that with it if you guys have that much different you know and then you're just meeting in the middle over the fact that you like each other yeah that's the one thing it's like that's its own separate i don't see that happening it's like you've got to have an overlapping part of the venn diagram you know yeah. what i'm saying i always joke around whenever you're younger like when you're 19 or 20 you're like how do you pick your favorite like how do you pick your 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 whip like do they look good do you have good sex do you guys like the same music like that's it like there's yeah. one, you know yeah, that's, that's what's up you're like wait a minute like where do they stand on this or I, like you really start to recognize like are you cool with living in a van yes right <laughs> <laughs> How many months of a year could no, you? Dude. I mean, Katie and I had that conversation recently because I could honestly, I could sell everything that we have and leave and be okay with yeah. it. Like yeah. I don't have a lot of draw to- Not to attach to what you got, like yeah, your yeah. house, your- like I, It's your, all your, about experience. Your like yeah. I don't get to live my experiences. None of this shit I get to keep. Like, so that's really important to me. She as well as- Yeah, we're not pharaohs. Yeah. She's a very experience-driven person as well. So, but she does want to have like a home base. So, where I was talking to her, I was like, "Hey, if we if we bought a van and we decided to travel, like, how would that work out?" You know, and she's like, "I can do a couple months, but I need to have somewhere to come back to." You know, and to me, I'm like, "Dude, so that sounds good to me." You know, like that's a compromise, but I'm down. You know, yeah, that's pretty good. So, you know, you should tell. You know, you should pitch to her. Be like, yo, we'll stay on the road and moving for a couple months. And then, so if you have like a pretty good rig and you just like, just stay somewhere, then it becomes the home base. That's yeah. why I did in Salida. I, I had been on the move for so long. I was like, all right, I'm actually feeling like I want to stay somewhere. I want to get to meet some people and get to know them. And uh, I need to make money too. So that was how I ended up in Salida. And, uh, and then it, it felt, it feels like home base when you stay somewhere. So like yeah, if no. you got like a good rig, dude, and you just travel, 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 and then you found a spot you really like, stay. Then yeah, all of a sudden you're at you're at home base. You're you're preaching to the choir. Have you ever tried to pitch that to a girl that's like, yeah. no, that's yeah. what I got. Not yeah. my expertise. I can't do that. She's like, did you hear the part where I said I want a home base? That means this. I need mean, so, <laughs> home base me equals that? house. <laughs> <laughs> like you want me to do that? I will do that, but not without this. So. I was like, okay. Yo, have, have, you know what I would say? I would look at her and be like, have you ever seen a fifth wheel? A what? A fifth wheel. Oh, yeah. No, she's, she's, she's definitely, she definitely understands what I'm talking about. But I think as well, I do agree with her just because of moving so much in my life. Like, I, there, I, I understand that, you know? Um, and I also no, it's. There is you cannot you cannot deny the need or the desire to have own base. Yeah, even and I like crave some place to go back to, like fiscally, like having something that you know, hey, this is an investment that once I get to X age, that you know, 
I'm not going to be rolling around the country in a fucking in a, in a sprinter anymore. Like I need to have this. So like, yeah. I, I, I definitely look at things. I definitely look at things a lot more in depth than people would assume from my jovial spirit of my channel. You know, Yo, you know what you should do, dude, you know what you should do is you should, you work in, you work in, you work, um, in, uh, IT. you do, I, you work in IT. Can you work remotely? Like, where's your job? Let you do it? Yeah, yeah, I could. Yo, dude, you know what you should do? You should Airbnb your house for six months and then just live in it for six months and get some vehicle. So you'll yeah. easily cover your mortgage. You're in freaking California. The rental market's insane. Yeah, that would be fun. I'll, I'll tell you honestly, like, um, I've always chased my dreams and um, I'm I'm on on that part of my life where I don't want IT to be my dream anymore. So um, when I was younger, I, like I said, I, when I went to school for like studio recording, I fucking uh -huh. loved, like I, I love music and the music business. And that's why I was going to school for that um, later. Uh -huh. It was IT, and that's kind of how I got into that. And I freaking like uh -huh. just poured my heart and my soul into it, you know. And yeah. now I'm really enjoying what I'm doing here with with YouTube. And I'm seeing I'm a very calculated person. I'm not necessarily saying that YouTube is the is the venue for me to be in this next stage of my life, but there's something to do with this. Whether it's the events that I'm planning and or just something in this this community that's going to come out of it that's really what i want to do you know yeah dude i am um, i i think that uh i think that that's important i mean and and you said earlier i think that we're we're similar in that way like i think that if you want to be happy in your, in your life do what makes you happy within reason i mean if if heroin is the thing that makes you happy, maybe you should you should think about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but you know, yeah, like, like if if riding like to me, like I used to say, if if riding bikes was what made me the most happy, then I would I would do that. You know, and at the time when I was saying that, it was what made me most happy. Like I can tell you, I would stay up at like three o'clock in the morning putting together some fucking email server talking online with some other guys in another country, stress testing that server. And that was just as fun to me as playing a video game. Like that's because I, when I get into something, I'm like fucking all in, you know? And, yeah. and so for me, like that's where I'm coming with this YouTube thing and with mountain biking. Like it, it was one of those things where it's like all my life, I've loved riding bikes. I didn't actually ever really think about, Oh, that would be fun until now you know and it's like whether i'm doing interviews or i'm doing events or i'm just freaking like riding bikes and shittily and drinking beer and making people laugh i'm fucking cool with that you know it's just like right now i think you've gone through this with youtube it's getting noticed you know did you ever go through a point where you were like oh man that might be dangerous uh, I, what do you mean? Can you elaborate on that? Cause you love mountain biking so much. Did you ever think that that might be dangerous to make that what you, uh, also support yourself with? Um, no, because, or did you solely think that would be fucking awesome? 
like to me it's like always very calculated like how can i pay my bills how can i do this how can i still like you know have benefits how can i you know what i mean so like but but outside of that it's always yeah, you're like, shit out of luck with that benefits thing in youtube man I'm actually okay because I'm a disabled veteran, so I have benefits from the from the military. Um, so, like, those are things that I've obviously thought about. So, like, but like for Calculated. me, like, it's it's always like I won't make that leap until I know that it's it's realistic in all the terms. Whether it's realistic in right. my relationship with my lady, realistic in relationship with my children realistic in relationship into to being able to be old someday in realistic in relationship in, in, in regards of like actually being able to fucking put food in my mouth you, you know what i mean yeah. so for me yeah. i have to go through all of that like stress testing it and benchmarking it until i get to that spot but ultimately what's driving me is i don't give a fuck i just want to do this and i'm gonna like make it happen regardless you know what i mean yeah yeah, man, for sure. So I, 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 I always try to operate or I have always operated and always kind of like talked to my little brothers through, my, you know, just from my experience that it's always best to just get that ideal idea. It's like where, what would be, what would be the best? Imagine it, get a pretty lucid picture of it. And, uh, you know, all aspects of it. And then, you know, you're currently over here and then just figure out a way to bridge that, you know, like start from the end and work your way backwards because sometimes it's impossible to work for the other way around. Like you just can't, you don't have the creativity or knowledge to know that it's possible to bridge that. I think if you're passionate about anything in your life, you will be successful if you are also like realistic with yourself. Like, so you can't be passionate about cresting Kilimanjaro if you're not a fucking climber. You, you know what I mean? Like, but, but if you're passionate about something and you're realistic with yourself of what your skill set is, you know, uh -huh. like you will always be successful because passionate people, that passion is what the same thing is that drives our channels. That passion is what people latch on to. And even if the idea is not the greatest at the beginning, it'll it'll play out. Like those like details, they work out. You know, there there, there will be fuck ups, but it's okay. That passion people latch onto. And at the end of the day, like you said earlier tonight, you cannot like the one thing you can't do as a person is be alone. Like that's part of who we are as like in our humanity. So I think that that's um that's that's key in also being successful in life people see that yeah they want to be part of it you know well, I yeah, for sure everyone sees community first like absolutely i mean that's why i think that that's that you know a big deal of what drives youtube is people are seeing community we're always looking for people like us people to fit in like ever since we were in kindergarten we were doing the same thing you right. know it's like who are you friends with what's your what click are you in in high school it's you know this is this has been going on forever. What tribe are you in? It's been going on forever. So yeah. this is just the evolved that we all want to be part of something. So we're we're rounding up on two hours, and the tribe that I want to be in is this one. And I freaking love the people that I'm with. I love the circumstance that I'm in. 
I would love to be making a lot more money on it. Come on, YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, you've been ignoring whatever super chats you've been getting during the stream. So right, right. So like, I'm, I'm a YouTube millionaire right now, or I made twenty seven dollars and twenty two cents. But either way, like, I love what we have here. I love the fact that that I'm I'm standing out here in my garage, sweating my balls off, talking to some dude that I would have never fucking crossed paths with. If it wasn't for the internet and YouTube, I appreciate you taking your time to be here with me. And um, I'll definitely say that um, aside from getting getting out and being one, you know, it only takes a bike to be a biker. You have to live free to, to ride hard. <laughs> to ride hard. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Like seriously. Uh, in case fun. anyone doesn't know, Robert and I have actually never even spoken until right meow tonight. Yeah. Over some beers on the YouTube. So, like, that's that, in my opinion, is like the coolest thing. That's yeah. so rad. So, hey, man, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. So, I, I like it once again, you know, thanks for being here, dude. Seriously, I'm sure everybody, pleasure, yeah, man. Super fun. everybody enjoyed it. This is, this is, you know, this is the idea. This is the premise of the biker bar. Just get on here, have a fucking conversation, talk about shit. It doesn't have to be all about bikes, but, you know, the, just have a conversation. And, and that's entertaining because to me, that's what we're here for. We're here for this community and we're here to like learn a little bit, a little bit more about people. I think it's interesting. And realize how much similar we all are. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, Matt. So you want to sign out? You got I haven't, I haven't, I haven't perfected my biker bar sign out yet. So you want to sign out for us? Shit. I don't know. How do we sign out of this thing? Uh, well, I know it only takes a bike to be a bike here. We'll get out and be one. But I mean, what what is it that this yeah. says? I can't quite remember. I did do Jeopardy. You know, over week. here, uh, over there on that channel, we're all about uh, you know living free, riding hard, and getting stoked. <laughs> right on, bro. And you know what? Hey, one last cheers! Thank you for having me, man. It was yeah, really great you. to chat with you and uh, get to know you a little bit here. Definitely, we'll do it again sometime for sure. And thanks for everyone else that joined. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hey, thanks for thanks for hanging out in the chat, everybody. Until next time, next week, hopefully, if I can fucking pull this shit together again, it'll be amazing. 5 p.m. PSD, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you want any other time zone, figure it out yourself. Google's out there. I'm not a fucking mathematician. See you bitches later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you then.